We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. I've got a bit of sore throat, but I'll be fine. I'll speak. Um, today we are going to continue with King's series. Am I, is my microphone okay? Yeah. Great, perfect. Um, and I will speak today about First Kings chapter nine. So as we go through with it is moving with chapter nine, we find some lessons. I mean, this is what I found myself. Maybe if you go and read it, you'll find something different. So we're going to speak about faithfulness and obedience. We'll speak about uh, blessings. We'll speak about God's presence and also about warning. So we'll discuss all those points as we go along. So we start with faithfulness, obedience. As we continue, uh, particularly in chapter 9, we see that obedience is the main point for Solomon to succeed. So that's his main point. Um, Throwing back to 1 Kings chapter 3, we see the first time that God spoke to Solomon in a dream. During this time, um, while he was in Gibeon, God says to Solomon, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. So that was the beginning of his reign. And Solomon wisely asked for wisdom so that he can govern God's people. And this answer pleases God. So God was pleased and God said to Solomon, because you asked me for wisdom, I'll give you not only wisdom, but more than that, I'll give you riches, fame, and uh, I'll be with you. So God, going back to uh, chapter nine, Solomon was asked to build the temple according to God's commands and instructions. And finally, he managed to complete the temple, which took him seven years, according to the scriptures. And in the, in the meantime, he also built himself a palace that took him 13 years. So in total, that was a 20-year project, building project. Finally, this is completed. And then God visits him again in a dream. So this time, God speaks to Solomon, again like the first time. But this time, he gives a message that has three points, three stages. And we'll discuss that message as we go along the session. So the first point that God says to Solomon is, I have heard your prayer. And he says, I have set this temple to be holy. And then God says to Solomon that uh, my name will be here forever. And I will always watch this temple, for it is dear to my heart. So we see here that God is recognizing, so he's accepted the temple because he has listened to God's commands. And he's saying to Solomon that I will, you know, I heard your prayers. I will move in the temple. I will be present. So if we go back to chapter 8, Jamie spoke the last time when he taught us, spoke to us about this chapter. Um, There is the time when Solomon completed the temple, he dedicated to the Lord, and then according to the scriptures, God's presence came through a cloud into the temple. And then Solomon prayed. So what was the prayer? In a nutshell, Solomon prayed that uh, when people of Israel sin and they come to the Lord, God will forgive their sins and also God is going to um, guide them in the times of need. So that was the prayer. And God is saying, I've, I've heard your prayer. That's fine. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present and support you if you walk according to the scriptures again. It says here like God gives Solomon a conditional promise. He said, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart, and he says with godliness like your father David did, then I will establish 
the, the kingdom, your dynasty forever over Israel, because he says, I have promised to, your, to David that one of your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel. So that's the conversation that God is having with Solomon. And then if we, if we recognize here, apart from God giving that conditional offer, a conditional promise that is obedience, we see that God is referring to, to David as a point of uh, value, really. And according to the scriptures, for those who do know the story of David, David failed, had some major, major errors in his walk with God. So he failed morally when he was engaged with Bathsheba. He, fa- he lied uh, because he sent one of his men to go and uh, fought, you know, fought in the war. Uh, so indirectly, he killed him. And then also his family was a mess, in, in such a mess. And we don't know that um, they not only turned against each other, but they turned against Solomon at the end. And yet God counts his worthy. So why, why is that? I think it's important to recognize that despite of his shortcomings, despite of his sins, God saw him worthy because Solomon was faithful. And then when God confronted him with a sin, uh, Solomon, when God confronted him with the sin, Solomon was uh, humbled and he repented and he turned around. And as he turned around, that pleases God. And I think the point is here that when we do sin and we make mistakes, if we repent and come to Jesus, he is always there to forgive us and take us in because he is God who loves us and, and his love is bigger than our mistakes and our sins. Um, another point here is he says, like I said, it's faith, faith that God saw in David, and that was incredible. And according to the scriptures, we see that in Hebrew 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we need to be faithful. We need to have that faith so that God is pleased with us. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So it is a way to have that faith. Going back to this chapter, uh, God says to Solomon, like, if you obey, I have promised your king, no, the, the David, that I, one of your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel forever. It's incredible here because to sit on the throne of Israel, we needed to have sinless king and also a sinless savior. Apparently, Solomon was not one of them. But God is faithful. His faithfulness is, is incredible because despite of Solomon's shortcomings or our shortcomings, what God has said he's always going to do. He'll always be faithful to his promises and then he did that through Christ Jesus. So God kept his faith. He was faithful to us through Christ. If we see in uh, 1 Corinthians, God says to us, calls us to be in relationship with his son Jesus. And, and this is not just like before in an old covenant where the, the temple was only for Israelis. This time, this covenant is for everybody. Despite of religion, tradition, nationalities, backgrounds, despite of everything, if we believe in Jesus with our heart and confess with our mind that he came and died for our sins, we have that access in Jesus and have that relationship with God. Another point that is important to recognize here is that sometimes we think like yeah, faith is great and without faith we are not saved, we can't be saved because we need to believe in Jesus. But then, Faith needs to be activated. And, and Jesus says himself in Matthew, he says, not just because you call me Lord, Lord, you're going to enter the kingdom of God. By doing his will, that's how you're going to enter. So having faith is incredible, but we need to activate the faith. We need to have actions. And um, like, for example, I come from a Muslim background. I think most of you know me. 
or maybe all of you. And then uh, imagine now when I met Jesus, if I continue to live in the same way, like going back to the mosque and reading the Quran and then saying like, oh yeah, I've met Jesus. That doesn't make any sense really. When we meet Jesus, when he comes in our life, there has to be a change. There needs to be a drastic change because we've seen the light. So that's why it's incredible when we know Jesus. Again, we come to the point of what action do we need to take to activate our faith? And this is what disciples ask Jesus. And Jesus answered, you must love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. That is great command. And then the second one that is likely the same, important, love your neighbor as yourself. So basically, is loving God and loving people. That's how we can activate uh, our faith in Jesus. So sometimes we find it, um, oh, it's difficult. Am I able to do this? It is possible to do this because God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. If we saw, if you remember in first chapter, you know, in, at the beginning in the first slide, First um, Kings chapter 9, God gave Solomon a conditional promise. He said, if you obey me. So now I'm wondering, is there a conditional promise for us? In order to be closer to Jesus, in order to be happy, in order to have that relationship with God, like clear relationship with God. Well, according to the scriptures, there is one, and that's forgiveness. Jesus says again in Matthew, if you forgive people when they sin against you, then Father is going to forgive you. And if you refuse to forgive others when they sin against you, then the Father is going to refuse forgiving you. So I think it's very important to see forgiveness is very significant. And it's important to recognize that there is always, a, sometimes you maybe probably have gone through difficult times in life and maybe you feel like it's easy for you to say, but actually it's not because God has made a way for each one of us. And as you step out in obedience and say like, here God, I want to do what you want me to do. Jesus always makes a way. He always prepares us and helps us. If you remember uh, during, um, I think it was Easter, yeah, during Easter, Tia Baden shared her story of forgiveness. And she said when she was young, she struggled with anger and she was not aware and the reason why. But then when she met Jesus, God spoke to her about forgiving her, her mom. And that's what she did. She forgave her mom. And the moment she forgave her mom, um, the anger left her. So we see here that anger is spirit. And when, when we refuse to forgive, we are actually opening doors to enemy to control and distract our walk with God. But when we allow God to work in us and we open our heart and say, yes, God, here I am, help me. He will always help us. And there is always a way. So is there any unforgiveness you are holding on to? Either it's directed towards somebody else or maybe you're um, struggling to forgive yourself. I struggle to forgive myself. So I think sometimes we can be very harsh with ourselves. We have to remember that this is not just a good saying, a lie, yeah, we need to do this, it's good, it's important. This is actually a command from Jesus. And he says, if you love me, you obey my commands. So we show our love towards Jesus by obeying him. Obedience is not easy. And honestly, if, if some of you would know me closely, you will know that I struggle to obey. 
For when God says something, it's important that we listen carefully and we take this seriously and obey him. And all we need to do is open our heart and just take first step. And as we take the first step, God always makes a way. And I remember one of my struggles to obey God was when God asked me to restore our marriage. I'm not going to go into details now. But I really struggled. And I was saying, no, maybe he's not saying that. Maybe I'm just misunderstanding. I knew he was saying that. But I kind of find, I wanted to find reasons not to do it. And I remember once that God really challenged me. I mean, I, I met with John and Dawn, that some of you know them, maybe all of you. They are senior leaders of Lifeline Church. Um, so I was telling them about what God was doing in my life. I was in college doing uh, Bible studies. I was, I was leading Christian Union, speaking about Jesus. And I was so excited, talking to homeless, homeless people. And then I was telling them, this is what is happening. God is doing this and this. And, and they listened to me. And they're like, oh, that's great. This is amazing. That's incredible. And then John added, this is amazing. It's marvelous. How about your marriage? And that was like... I was just shocked because I thought I told him all of this stuff and he's just pointing out to my marriage and I knew that was not a go. I didn't like to speak about it. I didn't like to speak about it because, uh, not that I didn't know it was there, but I was just choosing not to because I didn't have the power. I was just, well, pain and pride were involved. Let's be honest. So yes, I had pain, but also I had pride. I didn't like to give in. But then God challenged me and once I started obeying him, there are blessings in obedience. And again, according to the scriptures, when we obey God, he blesses us. So I'm not saying we should obey God in order to get blessings. We should do it because we love Jesus. But when we do that, in the process of that, in the presence of, process of obedience, he blesses us. And we see that in Old Testament as well. When Solomon obeyed God and did the temple according to his instructions, God blessed him with his presence in the temple. And he said, you're going to have a lasting dynasty if you continue walking in my uh, commands. And then he said, you're going to have prosperity as well. So there was blessings because he obeyed. And also, because of somebody's blessings, I'm here today. And because of somebody's blessings, we are all here today. And that someone is Jesus Christ. He obeyed. He humbled himself and obeyed to death, even death on the cross, so that we will be saved and it's incredible because he not only blessed us, but God blessed him as well. Because of these blessings and this obedience, God put, uh, he called his name higher than any other name. That at his name, every knee will bow down and every mouth will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. So this is the highest name, the highest position that God gave Jesus because of that obedience. So you see here that obedience is very important. So we're speaking about God's presence as well. That was one of the points at the beginning. We see that according to 1 Kings chapter 9, God's presence was very significant. And then we see that God was particularly in the temple. And also, he was um, only for the people of Israel. But this uh, example, this foreshadows the coming of Christ, the coming of new covenant. Now, the temple of Christ is not only in one place, and it's not only for Israelites or for born Christians. It's for everybody who comes to know Jesus. It's for everyone. And when we meet Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, and we become the temple of Christ. The presence of God is within us. So that is incredible. 
we don't have to do anything else. We don't have to go to somebody or ask somebody. We can only ask Jesus, and we can receive his presence. And Jesus uh, points this out in Acts chapter 1, if you read that. He's speaking to his disciples after he was resurrected, and he was going to, um, to heaven. So he speaks to his disciples, and he says to them, um, don't be afraid, I'm going to go. But remember when I've told you that John is going to baptize you with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will come. So just stay put. And that's what they did. They gathered together. Of course, they are praying and praising God. And then Holy Spirit comes. And God's presence moves within them. And they become the temple of Christ. And Jesus says also that when the Holy Spirit comes, so you accept Jesus, and you can, accept, you can ask for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes. Then he said, you're going to be bold and have power to share, to be witness, my witness across the world. So why? Why did he ask them to be a witness? What is this witness all about? It's Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And that is for everybody. It's for all of us. When you meet Jesus, this is one of main command, the Great Commission that God asks us. And we can't take this lightly. And it's not because we have to do it, I must do it. But it's a joy because he's choosing to partner with us. He can, do it, he can do it on his own way. But he chooses to work with us. He chooses to partner with us in sharing the gospel and sharing the good news. And he says, go into the world and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Often, when, we, when it comes to share Jesus, especially in this country, that it is called the freedom country, like you can speak and do anything you want, which is true, you can do, you can speak, but not about Jesus. So often we struggle to mention Jesus. For some reason, everybody can mention about their religion, and recently, I'm not, saying, I'm not angry or, so it's not ill will, if I can say it proper, clearly, but in London, there are uh, gathered lots of Muslims there, and they're praying in their own prayers, and nobody's telling them anything. We are afraid to go in the park and have a gathering and pray. Why is that? Because that is enemy's way to silence us. So I think one of the questions I would like to ask, you don't have to answer me now, is just like, if you struggle to share the gospel with family, friends, co-workers, and if so, think about it. What is the reason behind that? If you'd like to share with me, I will be happy to listen. And remember that together we have the mind of Christ. So when we share, we work things out. The last point is God's warning and consequences. So if you remember at the beginning, I said that God gave a message to Solomon that was in three parts. The first part was God acknowledged the temple and also his prayers. The second part is uh, the conditional promise, and that was obedience. And the third part is warning. It's incredible here, because sometimes, I mean, it depending, maybe it's not everybody, but depending on how you're brought up in your background, when you hear the word warning, you immediately get scared, like, oh my goodness, what have I done? What's wrong? And it's incredible, because always we can think, not all, maybe all of us, but most of us think negatively and kind of put our guards up. But actually, when God warns us, it's a good thing. It's amazing, because he's warning us because he loves us, just like a parent. You say to your child, careful, careful, there's danger around. There's danger around. Careful, do this, do that. So you're protecting them. You're preventing something bad happening. You're warning them. So what, when God warns us, it's important that we don't just think, oh, I'm not sure God is saying that, or ignore it, like I told about when God challenged me about my marriage. 
but take it seriously. And, and if we fail to listen to God once, he comes again in different way, either through people, through Bible, through dream. And somehow he will come and reach us and tell us about it. Because that's his heart for us to change and become more like Jesus. So I was just, when I saw this part in the, in the talk that God had with Solomon, I was just thinking it's incredible because just at the very moment, this was the peak of Solomon's success. He completed the temple, he was rich, he had fame, he had everything, and he was just so excited. Wow, I managed, God is here, amazing, incredible. Then God shows up and he says, he gives him a warning. And the conversation that God is having with Solomon is this. He says, but if you or your descendants disobey my commands and worship other gods, then I will remove you from the land of Israel and I will reject this temple. And God also says to him that I'll make Israel mockery um, amongst nations. It goes back to chapter nine, to, to the verse nine, but that's what I picked to, to, to speak about. So if you see here, like Sol Solomon was strong. And I, I think because of the walk he had with God and the way God used him, he must have thought, that's ridiculous. It's just a dream. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm fine. I'm okay. And according to the scriptures, he didn't pay attention. He failed to take God seriously in this point. When he needed God at the beginning of his reign, he took God seriously. He believed it. But now that he had everything, he forgot about God. So he, uh, he did not take it seriously. And I think when we are in the peak of our success, when God gives us what we have asked, that's where we need to be careful because enemy comes and tempts us. And that's exactly what happened with, with Solomon. And you'll see in all the chapters, the fall of Solomon. And then again, thinking here, why would God warn Solomon? So if we see here, God is saying to him, if you serve other gods, other gods. So at this point, he was not serving any other god. But what Solomon did was compromise his work with God. And how he compromised his work was by getting married to other women who worshipped other gods for political alliances. So in a way, he stopped trusting God, being faithful that God is going to help me work things through. He started taking action into his own hands. And he got involved, had many marriages uh, with, with women that worshipped other gods. And God saw that as a weak point. And God saw that as a, as a danger. And he said to him, careful, because if you do this, I will go away. I will remove my presence. And again, he failed to listen to Jesus, to God. And Jesus is saying, again, in the New Testament, we see how Jesus does the same thing. If you remember, he said to his disciples, he said to them, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The same message is given to, to Solomon. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Funny thing is that he did not listen, and we know the result of Solomon's, for those who know the, the, the life of Solomon. But I think it's incredible for us that when we listen to God, God always steps in. When he warns us and we listen, he always steps in and he will always help us and we will succeed in what he's given us to, to do. So my question would be, if there is anything that God has pointed out to you, Maybe you are not aware and God is speaking to you today, or maybe you already know, but you're struggling to give in or give up because it's too difficult, or you think like, oh, I'm not going to start or bother. I think as you ask the Holy Spirit, he's faithful and he will always help us. So whatever it is, let it go. It's not worth it. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.